Today's guest 11 years ago was a chef. 10 years ago, he and his brothers started a business in a completely different industry. He went on to grow the business to 380 staff, turning over 38 million annually. Last year sold that business to Domain for $180 million. But then we get the phone call on a Saturday morning at 5 a.m. And the phone call is my brother and he says, mum and dad have lost their business. So their photography. Their photography business by association. The deal, the day their deal was going to close for $1 million. So the day was going to be closing at 12. They got a call at 5 a.m. that they've lost their business and their livelihood like that they've been working on for the last 10 years disappears. So the deal, you know, it was sort of three and a half to four. I can't exactly remember the number, but it was, it was a lot more. And that was, that was the single handedly. That was the reason we were pushing. That was, we knew that every dollar, that dollar got the pie got bigger. We knew we were delivering bigger and bigger value to them. And that was the the proudest and best day of our lives is calling my dad and like, they've got that. People want to be part of a winning team. People can find a better version of themselves if they choose. Hmm. You just need to go start some shit. Action is all that matters. Be a man of your word. I think I look back now and I'm like, whoa, that took some guts. Be kind, be kind, be kind. See you at the top. New episode every Wednesday. We're off and running, boys. Harry's back. Uh, it's good to be back, boys. How do you get back on? Oh, I don't know. There must be a bit of money under the table. I reckon to get him back in the seat. <laughs> I reckon uh, Tracy Walkley might have been flooding the DMs. I don't know about anyone else, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Tracy Walkley's our new main sponsor. <laughs> Thanks, Trace. <laughs> and there was a there was a clause in there. Harry did to be on. Yes, that was the clause in there that uh, was back on. It's good to be back. No, but good good to have you back, mate. You killed it last time, so you're back here. Benny's away working on Townhouse Masterclass and Network. He's just bullet a gate dog with a bone not going to stop but i'll get you guys in on that shortly brucey you've you've had a couple of issues lately yeah i have thanks for alluding to it but um yeah and look i've um got a bit of a story around albert park lake from the other day i was um i was on the bike it was a bit of a windy day and we'll um done about 30k on the bike and then got to albert park we're gonna do a bit of a speed session around there bit of a windy morning at the start of the straight of the of the racetrack they have these you know those big concrete bollards oh sorry not concrete just those big plastic bollards that you fill up with water the orange ones the orange ones yep got ya um so they have them at the start of the straight so people can't come flying down the straight obviously so there's they're set up in the middle like that and then there's one on the side like this over here so i'm right i've got about three mates around me and um start to start to push heading down the straight big gust of wind comes over my mate goes oh watch out Mind you, I'm on, I'm on my aero bars as well, so I can't hit the brakes on my tri-bike. My mate goes, watch out. I go, yep. See this this big barrier come blowing towards me? It stops. It was blowing? Yeah. It so got, it wasn't full of water? It wasn't full of water. There you go. And then, I've just lost my headphones again. And then, comes blowing, blowing, blowing. Keep completely collects me. I come off my bike in a pretty awful mood after that. And yeah, came off. I was gra- got grazed up. Chain came off. Handlebars were on the piss. So you got the lot. Yeah, got completely collected by a barrier. Well, hey. I do hear that you kept running on to do a fifteen-kilometer run at four thirty pace. So yeah. um, you got- must have been mustn't have been too bad. Hey, yeah, kept riding. Got another fifteen k on the bike, and then rode and then ran another fifteen k afterwards as well. So. Built different around here. Built different. <laughs> yeah. Someone's had a bit of a wobble. What's Mate, with- I don't know. He's, he's fully written himself off, but he's kept going. Yeah. So are you looking for feedback there or is that just more of a well, story? Well, I, I wouldn't mind a bit of advice. How do you reckon go about it? 
I've, I've had to go. I picked up the bike last night, and there was there was a fair bill to to get it fixed up as well. So, oh, do you think someone's it's someone's liable for this? I mean, mm. a bollard that should be full of water. I reckon that's something you discussed with the council there. But uh, in regards to the bill on the bike, I reckon you look into a sponsor, a commercial sponsor for your race training to look after that sort of thing. Hello. Hey, just yeah. gone straight into the... Might need to call Tracy Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> She's pretty good for it a lot of the time. Well, there you go. Yeah. So That's that, a bit of advice. Well, yeah. Well, watch out for orange bollards around Albert Park Lake yeah. <laughs> if you're fanging around there. So. And watch out for Brucey on the sponsorship. Yeah. Train. If anyone's if anyone's out there that does want to sponsor him, uh, yeah. drop your Instagram handle. Got a good engine room over here. I'll, I'll, do, <laughs> I'll do everything pretty quickly. But no, yeah. that's... Um, yeah, that's... That was my little bit of stack on a Saturday for you. Yeah, nice. But you don't look too, you know, there's a little bit of... Yeah, a little more. bit of braying up. I got a bit on the knee as well. Bit but, of bark there, but but you'll be right, I reckon. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing overly broken. So it wasn't a bad result. Could have been a lot worse, I'd say, but... Lives yeah. to tell the tale. I reckon on the next ride, it's going to just keep growing legs, this story. And next <laughs> minute, you'll hear it's a big fence come crashing into him. Mm. And he... And came he ne- from yeah, he nearly died, and he scraped himself off the bitumen. Just made it ran, out alive. Ran three hundred k. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Goggins. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna carry him, boys? He's <laughs> gonna carry the logs. All right, I've got a plug. So Benny is away, finalising Townhouse Masterclass and the network. So super exciting. Um, if you're interested in pro- in profiting from property development, this is the one for you. Oh, here he is. Timely. Uh, <laughs> Mark. And then we're going live to the public early in the new year. So we'll keep you all you guys looped in. And there's some great opportunity there to uh, further progress your skills and your expertise. Wouldn't mind being looped in on that, Pete. Oh, hey, bit of interest there. You're, uh, you're not, it's not foreign for a bit of PD for yourself. I don't mind it. If, uh, yeah, flick it through. Flick it through. We, could, uh, we could get you in the beta. The beta's starting this year, so... Got a few names for that, so get a few people in there to test it, try and break it. Oh, beautiful. There's going to be a few superstars it. downstairs hopping in and giving advice. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the team's going to be in there. It's our digital office is what we call it. So everyone will be in there um, giving advice uh, and there'll be an awesome community there. So a lot of value. Sounds like it. All right, guys, Unreal. let's get into it. Welcome back to Australia's number one podcast. We are the little fish. We speak to the big fish about town each and every week. Please make sure you share, subscribe, five stars, the whole lot. Marcus and Harry will be in there in the comments, mm-hmm. sliding in the DMs. Uh, but we really love the support, guys. All right, let's get into today's guest. Today's guest, 11 years ago, was a chef. 10 years ago, he and his brothers started a business in a completely different industry. He went on to grow the business to 380 staff, turning over 38 million annually. Last year sold that business to Domain for $180 million. There's a number, boys. Nice. Oh, that's a big figure. It's a sneaky little exit. He doesn't look that old either, this guy. Jeez. He's doing it well. The story of how it unfolded is epic. Please welcome one of the masterminds behind Real Base. Real estate software that's changed the game. Give it up for Frank Grief. Frankie boy, some big numbers there, boys. Right, wouldn't mind nice unpacking intro. that. Thank you, boys. Thank you, boys. Good intro. I like that. Welcome. Good story. I Shit. noticed by your biceps and how, how shredded <laughs> this guy is. I knew something was going on. I knew something was going on. I saw those arms and I was like, mm, "There's a story here. There is a story." <laughs> it's nice. 
Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's <laughs> talking about the scratches on him, mate, not the size. <laughs> <laughs> did you not? Did you miss part where he said shredded? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Been shredded up by the bitumen, mate. Not your size of the muscles. Uh, Frank, you you love a bit of fitness as well, by the sound. I do, I do. That's why I use the word shredded. Yeah, to <laughs> make it. a fellow fellow friend quick, you know, build build rapport. <laughs> Just buttering me up. Already. As soon, yeah, as soon as I hear who's going to carry the logs, I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> this guy gets it. He gets it. He gets it. He gets it. That's yeah. magic, Frank. So thanks so much for coming on. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on here, boys. Love it, love it. So uh, I want to just give a bit of backstory to Please. to yourself um, and get us get us going quickly and get us to the place we want to be. Um, but for you and your family, it started in South Africa. Your dad had a real estate company. Correct. Partner stitched him up. Yep. So you were living the life over there, maids. Um, life was pretty good by the sounds of it. Business went bad. You guys moved to New Zealand you know, with nothing, yeah. which, which, which is, yeah, which is amazing. And, and I think that's where a lot of these stories sort of build from, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes there's a, there's a trauma potentially, and exactly. then there's, then that builds something inside, um, you know, that next generation, potentially you go to New Zealand, um, not much happening, parents working hard, you know, to keep it all rolling. Um, and then you come out to, then you come out to Australia yep. and you love to cook. And you love got into cook. the got into the kitchen, become a chef. That's right. Um, I'd love to start there, and uh, what made you do that and mm-hmm. get into that, uh, and then how did it sort of unfold from there? Yeah, awesome, awesome. So, look, I, I, if I came here and told you why I wanted to become a chef, I think I'd be lying because it was just my lifelong passion. For, I, like my earliest memories were bacon brownies, and from a young age, and just absolutely frothing. So when I was when I was at at high school, I had three jobs. Um, because of the background, we we're very commercial in terms of like a, we always wanted to make it our own way. If that made sense, there was no pocket money coming each week. So I had a job in a cafe, a job in a restaurant, restaurant, and a job washing dishes. And so that was like all through high school, making like two hundred bucks a week. So like yeah, I was pretty popular dude at the canteen, making a rain milers. Um, and then and then and then I just I was like I all, and I didn't really try at school because I was like. I don't need to. I'm going to be a chef until I'm like 100. It's all good. And so I, I did terrible at school and then and then just started um, working in the kitchen straight away. So I finished school young, not because I'm not because I'm smart, but because just the way transition between New Zealand and Australia, I didn't want to redo year seven. Um, and so I finished school when I was 16. And so I was, I was at Bathers Pavilion um, 60 hours a week from 16 years old. Wow, straight in the deep end and, and working in. hard. Yeah, that's right. So it was, a, it, was a, it was it look it was a brutal time. Like I, I really enjoyed it, and I, the reason I I needed a change was um, I didn't want to lose my passion. Like I, I still love cooking to this day. I, am, I uh, my wife's a clinical psychologist, so I think a lot of it's to do with uh, you'll probably see me today. So everywhere in video, I got busy hands, and so like when I have people over, either I'm fidgeting or like I'm chopping onions. And so I, and I, I think I prefer, I think I prefer the. And maybe there's like a little bit of ego when they taste the meal, and they're like, "Oh, that's good." I'm like, "Yeah, it's good." Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> bit that of satisfaction delicious. there. Yeah, there's a little bit. Of, there's like that little sweet little moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so you did that for three years. Yep. I think what was it? You know, because you put three years of your life into something that you thought you're going to do till you're a hundred. Yes. So, how did you bounce out of that? How did you? What was the light bulb moment where you decided, no, nah, I need to go another way? Yeah. So, so what it was was, um, I'm lucky because my parents changed so often. So they they moved 23 times in South Africa. Wow. My eldest brother has never been to a, a school longer than two years. So changes in our DNA. So the concept of like, I'm doing this. 
forever was actually probably more foreign than the concept of like, oh, just drop stumps so I can come back. You know, like what's the worst case scenario? Um, But the reason was it was a moment in a moment. So my my now wife um, at the time was girlfriend and we broke up. And so I was like, I'm going to change two things in my life. Number one is I'm going to start, you know, training fitness. Um, And number two was uh, I'm going to move to Melbourne. Uh, because my brother my brother and I had an investment property and we lived together. And so he said to me, um, he just came into my room one day and goes, hey, I, I know a real estate photographer that says in Melbourne, Croydon, um, their real estate agency needs signboards. Should we go and do it? And I was like, sure, why not? And so so we literally like back of the envelope math for like $230 a signboard. We reckon we can do 10 a day five days a week, like, let's give it a crack. And so we essentially, we put our property up for rent. Um, we, we bought a ute. So we got a credit card, bought a, bought a ute um, on, you know, five-year terms uh, and packed up our lives and just literally drove 10 hours to Melbourne to go and start physically installing real estate signboards. Yeah, wow. Because I, I look at that and think, you know, a lot of people out there, they start... And you know they're doing something for three years, and that's a, and that's a lot of effort. That's a, that's a lot of outlay. Yep. You know, you've invested a lot of time into that on that path. Yes. Um, but it sounds like the fact that your parents had the ability to pivot and shift, and we're doing this now, boys. We're doing this now. We're doing yep. that now. That that gave you the the power to to go. Yep. You know. You know. I'm not totally in love with this. Yep. So let's go do something else. Yeah. Exactly right. And and like, I think for everybody listening, like you, you've. Especially in your 20s, your 20s and 30s, like you do have timers on your side. And so the reality is like, okay, even if you, so, you know, I was, I was chatting to a guy on Wednesday, right? And he is a, a lawyer, a partner at a, you know, a very impressive firm. The reality is um, you can go back to that, you know? So like, so if you change, it's not like that's it forever. It's like, and, and I heard I heard a girl called Bridget Loudon talk about this on Wednesday. She was on the, the, you know, the fast track to partnership. And she was like, well, this is my technical rock bottom because at any stage I can come back and get a job around about the same stage, I can give something a go. And specifically when you don't have any, um, you know, children or, or, you know, big mortgages or outlays, like you can be nimble. So yes, my context is I was moved around. And so that was in my DNA, but to anybody who may not feel comfortable, it's just understanding that, well, you know, you can always go back. You've got, a base, yeah. you've got a base level of work that you can always fall back on. Exactly, yeah. exactly I right. I think it's the security side of things as well. It's yep. uh, it's very courageous to be able to jump out of that and go, well, I'm going to give it a crack. Yep. I mean, you're securing a job. Yeah. Obviously working big hours from when you were 16 for those three years. So it's uh, obviously would have felt a little bit scary jumping into that. It, it was, but I, I think one of my lucky things is... M- I was earning 42 grand a year as, and that was on a qualified chef salary. Yeah. And so that it turns out, I think I was saying like 470 bucks a week. So my security was was as low as security. Like I could go to McDonald's and I would have earned a lot more. So I guess my, and this is the, the challenge that I have, you know, I've had with as people start to progress in their careers, the longer they hold on, like if you have that burning desire, right? You have the burning desire to start something. The longer you hold on, the harder that leap off is. Mm. You know, I was ch- you know, chatting to my brother. He's got a guy who's, who's in his network and he's like now 35, you know, he's always wanted to do something. But now he's on, you know, two hundred grand salary. It's a way bigger, way bigger leap. And his spending is his is spending, following that two hundred. That's, that's yeah. right. And so my brother's advice was really sound. Was like before you go and do the leap, I want you for the next six months to just stop spending like you don't have the money. So pretend you don't have the income, mm. so that you, you're 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 still you haven't jumped away from your safety net, but you can at least feel what it feels like. So I guess my main point there is just understanding: the longer you hold on, the harder the leap will become. 
have that sort of safety net of the three months to give you that time. Yes. I suppose before you jump into the unknown. Mm. So doing the signboards. Yep. Now you did that for a while. Yep. And then you exited that. Yeah, so we did it for we did it for a year. We we had a franchise agreement, so it wasn't like our own um, brand or anything like that. So we did that for one year. Um, that was grueling. So it was six days a week. We were in a three bedroom um, townhouse in in Croydon, Victoria. Um, we were you know like we, we inside our living room, which is a bit smaller than here today. Um, we had our wide printers like in in our living room. We had a couple of bean bags where our couches. Yeah six days a week and then we got to the end where i was like i was kind of almost losing my mind like i was like this is like you're living and working with the same person you're installing signs you're talking to customers um and then we actually found a buyer and so we found a buyer for 150 grand and i can tell you right now that feeling was like almost the same as the end exit like i thought i'd made it like i went went, like i went out and shopped for a volkswagen golf there's like a photo of my and so at that time my um my girlfriend but now wife uh started coming back into my back into my life um and so you know there's a photo of her standing outside my volkswagen golf like it's a ferrari outside the shop and like that was i was just like when i was cruising home i was just like this is it (laughs) so you're only 21 22 at that that time i am i would have been uh 20 21, 20 or 21. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. 21, he has his big exit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, so, so like, so contextually, you know, to, contextually to, um, you know, to have the, you know, to be paying off your mortgage. And at that time, a mortgage was much smaller, thankfully. You know, it was a three-bedroom place and it cost us 490 grand. Um, you know, 75 grand less capital gains tax. It was, you know, like the, the, I heard a really good one this morning, which is like relative to where you are, those jumps often feel bigger because at that time my net worth was like zero and you go from zero to 75 grand less capital gains you're like um you know i'm like infinitely more <laughs> so like you know it's all everything's always relative so yeah yeah i was i was i was rolling in the deep yeah so what happened so you've sold now bang yep. what's the yep. next thing so next thing is uh, myself and now my third brother so now all three brothers join forces we go okay that worked yeah, but let's do it again in our own home like let's do it again in sydney where where we can have a longer term view because we're not living in you know living in the the squalor of our print factory um and so we we did it again and we we just essentially replicated it. Got the got a new franchise agreement. Um, started from day dot again, and just started to you know started to do exactly the same, but with three brothers, and just kind of ground that out for the next four years, uh, and brought it to a place like we were really slow to slow to grow in terms of um, we were risk adverse mostly because it was no there was no in our brains there was no capital markets. I mean those wouldn't be something that someone would want to invest in anyway. But you're like you're doing a franchise agreement like no one's no big vc checks are coming um and so we got to at the year like four we were at like 800 grand like we're just we're just tipping into like a million revenue and so we were like you know like okay like we've we we're starting to go mm-hmm. but it came a time where we realized like our ambition where we wanted to go could no longer be inside this um this framework of the of the franchise yeah gotcha. and, and so what we we made a decision was okay like because we, we always had like you know, almost a delusional belief in in our abilities. I, I, I don't often share this, but I'll share it with you guys today to keep it fresh. Um, is is it used to be, it came from my dad. And like, I'm super thankful for my dad. He's amazing. But he, he used to say like, and I won't give, put on my fake South African accent because it's not, it's not good, but I should practice it. He said, um, you, you can do, you can be whatever you want, son. Like you can be the president of the United States. 
like I can't, you know, <laughs> technically I can't, but like having that being told to you, therefore like expanded our brains, like we can do whatever we want. And so my premise of the story is like, we'd be installing a print signboard and we'd be talking like talking like it was real that one day when this business is worth 50 million bucks, and that would just would just be like how we talk all the time. And yeah. so like that was the, like that. So we realized like this where this franchise was taking us wasn't going to allow us to get there. And so we had to make a decision. And so the decision came in front of a whiteboard. We said, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Uh, and I sh- I share the story, but I actually want to kind of share contextually right like how my brain works and I often like yeah how someone can help think about things. Um, some people can get lost in the detail. You know, so people get lost in the detail, lost in the analytical thinking, especially when you're younger. To whip out a spreadsheet and do like a seven-month business plan, that's cool. But I can tell you right now that I could come up with an idea, you know, I could have the same idea as you. I, within four weeks, start to execute and I've got six months ahead of you to work at pace. And during that time, I can iterate, iterate, iterate. And by the time you're ready to launch, I already have six months worth of iteration. I'm going to be ahead of you. And there's a quote that, that, I, that I butcher, which is, you know, if, if you versed a grandmaster chess player and you got every two moves to their one, you would likely win just based on the ability that you can move. Yeah. And so, so we just put on the whiteboard really simple. This is our business plan. What is the worst case scenario? If we, if we do this, if we exit out this franchise, what, is, what does worse look like? And, and contextually, my parents also had a franchise agreement nothing to do with one another. Theirs was in photography. And so we, we went, okay, by worst case scenario, they'll lose their business by association. And so then we went, okay, well, well their business is worth a million dollars because they had an offer for a million dollars that they were looking to take. And so we said, okay, if that happens, will we pay them back a million dollars? And we just said to each other, like, yeah, we do. We, 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 like, we made a promise. We looked at each other eye, eye to eye and that was it. And we said, okay, let's go. So just quickly, what is the next business the, so, from the signboard? So, so for, yes. you're going to leave the signboards yep. and then then your parents are involved as well? No, no, no. So, no, no. so they, they have nothing to do with it. Gotcha. So they're doing a, 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 a franchise for photography. Yes. We're doing a franchise for signs and brochures. They're just collateral. It all goes up the shit. But they, they'll be collateral. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. And so what, we, what we're going to do is we're going to build our own brand. We're going to build technology. So my oldest brother is a, you know, is a super genius. Um, both my brothers are geniuses. I get to you know, talk. Um, and so they, we're going to build a software p- program that's going to allow us to execute at pace our plan. Yes. So right now we're receiving email orders, like here's the signboard, and then we go and print it. We're going to build an online platform that's going to allow them to log in themselves, choose the photos, choose the text, mm-hmm. and then just send us orders so we can go and now scale really, really quickly. And that's the that's the new business, and the the name was gonna was gonna be called Real Hub. Yes, yeah. And did you identify that that was something in the franchise place that was a bit clunky? Is that what you're so, saying? So yeah. Like- so so what happened is in the franchise, and this actually taught us really good customer support. And so so I guess a quick lesson here is um, sometimes you have challenges in your business. Um, how you how you work with them will will determine like how it comes out. So we took the like our challenge was this: we we received brochure orders. The online platform that we had didn't have a place to put a number next to it. So you just send us a file. We have no context. So what we did was we would then we would make a game like, okay, you gotta how quickly can you call the customer upon getting an order? And they would go then like they would laugh. They go, What? Like I, I I haven't even finished the screen. I'm like, oh Susan, how are you champion? Like, yeah, yeah, just want to check. How many brochures do you want? She's like, Oh, you lovely. Like, yeah. And so you turn something that would be a real negative, like what a bad customer experience. I can't be told how many brochures I want, to now like I'm getting a friendly phone call and like I'm I'm getting asked a question. So you turn it into something that actually is really positive, and then we learnt like really good customer service and really fast paced service. Yeah. 
So contextually, they didn't even have the ability to put that there. Mm. So we were just going like really obvious steps to make it like, how do we execute faster? How do we have things like, what's the quantity of the brochures? You know, it's just making their lives easier. By making their lives easier, we do less phone calls. You know, so like on an average day, I'm, I'm doing 100 phone calls for support for things like that, that I can reduce down by a minimum of 50%. And therefore, we can do more turnover and therefore we can grow. That's it. Take the phone calls away. Take the phone calls away. <laughs> That's a lesson that gets gets run around here a little bit. Um, so, so bang. So you're into that. You're building the tech, yep. and and you're into it. Yep. You're off, so, you're so, off and running. So six months later, I told you my brother is a genius. Six months from that conversation to the launch, so for our first customer launch, um, we're now in market. So we're now in market. We are ecstatic. The customer feedback is like, you've changed the game. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because like they've gone from a shit experience, but with good customer service, with a great experience and good and good customer service. And now they're loving, like they're loving it. But then we get the phone call on a Saturday morning at 5 a.m. And the phone call is my brother. And he says, mum and dad have lost their business. We need to go to the office right now and figure out a game plan out of this. So their photography, their photography business by association, the deal, the day their deal was going to close for $1 million. So the day was going to be closing at 12. They got a call at 5am that they've lost their business and their livelihood like that they've been working on for the last 10 years disappears. That was with the franchise. With the franchise. Yeah. With so your six months of hard work and getting there and getting there and getting yep. there just suddenly it's just, not all smooth sailing nah just absolutely disappears and so we, we we go into essentially like the war room if you will um, but like the part I always reflect on is like how thankful I am to have such amazing parents because even though by association it is our fault do you know what I mean like we have done something we have exited this franchise we have made a decision we did know that this could potentially happen you know we wrote on the board what's worst case scenario you know, we were standing in our apartment, the whole family's there. My mum's, you know, tears down her eyes and she's like, you know, this is not your fault. Like, wow. we're proud of you. Wow. Keep moving. You've got this. Yeah. And they've just lost their entire livelihood. So rather than, you know, getting upset, getting angry, they didn't know the plan. They didn't know what was going on. This all just came out really quickly. They were like, we believe in you. You've got this. That's amazing. And it sounds like from your father pushing those positive affirmations from a young kid, it's just... There's that unwavering support that's just been consistent the whole way through. Exactly right. And and I like, for me, um, being a new dad, you know, I've got a son who's one and a half. I'm like, if I'm half as good of a parent, like I'm doing a really, really good job because that is, that's a, you know, you've done a lot of steps here to get us there. And then you've, you've finally, they've finally built themselves this asset. There's nest egg. They're about to sell. And then to look us eye to eye and be like, it's all good. Like we, we've got this is like, I'm just like, like every time. So you're standing there with that situation stood in front of you. Yes. And for everything you've just said, it sounds like you make decisions quite quickly. Yes. Which is, I guess, how you've gotten to where you are at such a young age. What's what's going through your head when you're sitting in that room? Are you already starting to think about next steps and, and next decisions to be made? Y- yes and no. So that was one of those moments where the world did feel like it was crumbling. You know, mm. like when, you, when you're standing in a room, we, we've got a really close-knit family. Um, there's just five of us we've come from South Africa. Obviously now it's expanded because we've got, you know, all the, all the wives and, and children. But we're standing in that room and almost every, every eye in the room is filled up with tears. And like, and like there's, you know, there's a huge sense of guilt, right? Like, like you've just, you've just completely stuffed your parents over. So for the first time in a long time, there was this moment of like, shit like you know what are we, we going to do but then we had to really quickly get out of that mindset because then what, what what we had realized and as i reflect that happening i think is the reason i'm here today 
right? Like that happening, like if that didn't happen, that was a back against the wall moment where we had no choice but to succeed. Right, like so, like if we if that didn't happen, maybe we'd the, have st- the stakes just got higher. The stakes got so high yeah. now. Like now, okay, now we've got this 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 in mental million dollar debt. Which, by the way, my parents said like you don't owe us that. Mil- that's not your debt to pay. We had it mentally here. It was like no, no, that's our debt to pay. And so it just turbocharged what was going to be something that I think would have taken a lot longer. Now it's like you know when I for that. I, and I like let, let me bring it back to the lesson. It's like it's like what is your why? You know. So for me and my with my team and the business is like I want to understand an individual's driver. What is their why? Because that is the reason they're coming up every single day to work. And so our why just became so big that when you have a question in front of you, which is, oh, do I want to make that cold call? Like, can I be bothered? Well, my why is so big. Like, I'm I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to go and try and close that deal with ferocious speed. So, like, if you don't have a why in your life that's really big, like, you need to think about it. Like, what is your context? What is your reason? What is your... And some people's reason might be, like, I come to work, I do my nine to five, and I, my why is I want to support my family. Good. Like, just figure out what yours is because it's it's contextual to you. Like, your why can't be my why. But, like, it's, it's really important to find it out and then, you know, chuck fuel on it. Simon Sinek, the, uh, he's great yeah, with that. It's a great good. book, that one, if he's you haven't read it. Very good. Um, but it would have been so easy to drop back to that 45 grand a year and just go, all right, well, I'll just get back on my feet. But you guys have just pivoted and gone, bang, stakes just got bigger and we've gone for it. Yeah, yeah. No, the stakes were way too big now to get because our 45 grand divided by that million dollars less tax. <laughs> <left. No> years. <laughs> You're there for many years. So, so there's, no, there's no choices now. So so let, let me let me pick up the pace for you boys. But from, from here, what, what had happened was like the brothers were like, okay, well, like the only way to get out of this is we need to sell and we need to sell on, uh, at pace. And so what we realized like from a business contextual point of view is we realized like we'd built this amazing piece of technology to service our print and signboard company, but actually this could be way bigger. And so that was the cool thing is simultaneous all this shit happening is we realized this could be way bigger than ourselves. We could, we, 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 our unfair advantage is we know every permutation and touch point from the, a, physical process standpoint you know what does the signboard application look like so that when i'm at the front of the home i take a photo it sends an sms to the real estate agent like we know all those processes that no one else who would come into our space knew because we physically had to do the signboards and brochures so we're like what if we instead of us just doing all the signboards and brochures we use this as a, a marketplace and so now we connect real estate agents with any suppliers it doesn't have to just be us yeah. and so that unlock for us realize okay well, we now have a better opportunity for scale and then the two brothers kind of turn to me metaphorically and go like, well, you talk lots, Frank. <laughs> so go and sell. Like, you know, like, yeah. and so like, and so like my brother Jacques, uh, incredible mind, incredible person, big thinker, big, big thinker, operations, really strategic. And like, and like, I owe a lot to him. I owe a lot to like both my brothers and obviously my whole family, but like he pushed the way I thought, like always expanded the way I thought. And so his thing was, is not going to be selling. And so same with my eldest brother, Ken, so smart like so smart like you like you know we all have one thing in common the brothers which is we talk so quickly <laughs> so hopefully not talking too quickly um but you know he's so intelligent like his brain is like a computer like you were watching him like you doing problems and he's like real life troubleshooting like going boom 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 like and so and then it's like like frank likes you know being social so go go and sell so i i literally from there paid two and a half grand for a um an online course 
And every morning I'm running scripts and dialogues on how to sell and how to do cold calls. And then that was like, the, now we start to turbocharge businesses. Now I'm like, I'm like every morning I'm handing down people and like, let me kind of drill down into here into like sales lessons. The biggest thing I learned was around, especially business to business is around like, if you do a disproportionate amount of time learning on your customer, it puts you in the complete right space mm. to over time get them. So let me share you an example. So there's a guy in Melbourne in our space in our world who's influential, right? And 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 I'm lucky that my customers do a bit of content out there. And so I was watching his content. And his content, one of his things, he says, I never phone people, I only FaceTime. And yeah. I was like, perfect. Okay. So my first cold call to him is going to be a FaceTime, right? And like only because I took that time to learn, I now have an unfair advantage. And so my first phone call is a FaceTime this guy. And then at the end of the conversation, he goes, you like to FaceTime too. I'm like, bro, I love FaceTime. <laughs> I'd like never FaceTime ever. So like, you're just you know? connecting off yeah. the bat. Uh, yeah, you're just connecting off. And then and he's like, cold call. This on is a cold FaceTime. call on FaceTime. That's crazy. And then, and then he's <laughs> like, and like now we've built an instant connection. And then from there, I can go and close the deal. So it's like, but my biggest learning was like, get to understand that business. Now, not everybody has content out there, right? So, mm. so it might be your market. Like get to disproportionately understand your market. Like my biggest question as a salesperson was, Oh, were you a real estate agent? Because what I would do weirdly on the weekend, I'm a pretty weird dude, you'll figure that out soon, is I'd be washing my Volkswagen Golf, you know, my pride, my pride and joy. The Ferrari. And I, I'd be, I'd be the Ferrari. <laughs> uh, and I'd be listening to real estate podcasts or real estate. And so I would learn like, what, is the, what does the process from my customer look like? So like put myself in my customer's shoes, understand their business as if I could go in there and start in their business. So that when I'm selling to them, I'm not selling here are my propositions. I'm saying here are the problems that I'm going to solve. And I'm working from them backwards. Not the other way around. I'm not trying to sandwich their world into mine. Creates that trust that you know what you're talking about. Exactly. And you're going to actually help solve their problem. When you call up, you say, here's your problem. Here's the solution. Yes. I mean, how can you turn that down? Especially when they, they're, you're already starting with that trust. Of, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, you've actually done the work. Yes. You've done the work. Put yourself yep. in their shoes. I know your problem and I know how to fix it. Yeah. He's not going exactly right. to jump on that. Yeah. And and so so some of my deals would take a long, long time. Like I, I you know, some of the deals would be five-year deals that I'd fly to Melbourne. There's one, you know, an amazing customer here that it, it took me five years. I flew here maybe 20 times over, over the course. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you were the salesman. You were the savage, and yep. you weren't going to take no for an answer. Yeah. All, th all three boys were savages. Don't you worry about yeah, that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's also very interesting. People search for those business partners and where they're going to all streamline and become good. It sounds like it's amazing to have found that in your brothers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you all perform a role. Yeah, you play your role, and you obviously played it well. Yeah. So look, that and those are the parts that are, of my journey that I'm like, I'm really lucky. You're like, I'm really cognizant that there's there different elements of luck in my journey and I can't be like, well, yeah, why can't you be like this? Because it's like, there's certain things that other other people just don't have. Like I have, a, the, I had amazing brothers that are incredibly smart. Like if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be here, right? I, I had, and we, we all were savage in the fact that we were like, you know, we kind of have almost like ADHD where we're like, once we get deep into something, we're like so deep into it. Like all we do at our family dinners, it's like, painful for the wives but like we just talk business at nauseam <laughs> the entire time like troubleshooting problems da, 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 da. and so like that's just like that's just how our brains work and so I'm, I'm very lucky that that happened but the biggest thing was around trust and this is the piece where i can stand back and go like if you're thinking about having a business partner it's like when you're working at let's say your hundred percent your version of hundred percent and you have blinkers down and you have the ability to go okay like let's say my thing is operations and i have blinkers down i'm working hundred percent do you have the trust that the other partner 
is doing the identical thing in their world? Yeah. Or is there something in your back of the mind that makes you question, are they, or are they, is there like a chillin'? Are they doing the same or they're a little bit lazy? And I think like gut instinct, if your gut instinct is it's chillin' and lazy, then there's, there's a question mark there. Now I'm not suggesting people just go and jump out of partnerships. I'm more thinking before you enter a partnership. Mm. Like now, like I'm, I'd be so careful if I did it because like, because I had that level of trust, not knowing that about someone, it makes me, you need to build it over time before you can go do something. 66% of the business, really. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're 33. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, so disproportionately, if I don't have that trust and those people aren't pushing forward, it's going to be way worse of an outcome. Mm. Yeah, love it. So you're charging towards a sale. So at this time, we're not charging towards a sale. So what, what we now had is, so now let's park the franchise problem behind us. Of course, we have the million dollar debt, but what we what we had is now a competitor in the space. This competitor had been there for 20 years and we finally had line of sight to them because we'd built something special enough that we could challenge them. So we started going really ham for the next four years. We grew to roughly four and a half million dollars in revenue. Um, at this whole time, we had to remain profitable. And I'd taken around about, I use the word I, it's definitely a we situation. We took around 30% market share of theirs. And so uh, one day, um, the CEO of their business walks through the door um, and he says, he, he drops like a hammer of wisdom. He said like, it's, it's time to stop fighting. We need to work together. Um, because ultimately we're not like pushing forward. We're actually just kind of stalemating now. Um, we need to kind of work together to create a bigger slice of pie. Now, the one part that I'm thankful for was, unfortunately, his negotiation starting position wasn't as clever as it could be. He said, if it's a war of attrition, you win over time because you're half my age. And I went, okay. <laughs> Leverage off <up> that. <laughs> Perfect, I'll remember that one. And so I, I go... Um, I then have a meeting with him. I sit down and I go, okay, like he, he has, you know, one thing which says, okay, like if we merge, you, Frank, have to become the CEO. Uh, and I said, okay, I have two things. If we merge, um, it's a 50-50 merger. Contextually, they're eight times the size of us in revenue, five times the size of us in profit. I said, it's a 50-50 and we move fast. And so obviously a very big ask, you know, they have 300, and 300 team members, we have 40-ish. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's a very big ask. But luckily he saw that, hey, like their pie could be much bigger by bringing two together. So we were the, they were the number one in the space. We were the number two. Combining us made our next closest competitor one-tenth of the size. Wow. So we were creating a lot of runway, a lot yeah. of a headroom for us to be able to, to move. Uh, and within six weeks of that conversation, like I told we, we moved fast, right? Mm. Six weeks of that conversation, we had merged, moved into the same office, and now we're beginning to work together under the new name, which is Real Base, which ultimately did get acquired. Did you right. have that idea to go to them or was it them approaching you? So them so that's where I can't steal any of the wisdom. Yeah. That was him that was him being very wise so because we sounds had like a, a succession plan. Mm. Sounds like he was looking to go on. It's exactly there's my succession plan. That is yeah. exactly right. And so that so so like the lesson for everybody here is there's two ways that you can build a business. There's many ways, but I'll just make it simple. <laughs> there's two ways. You can you can buy yourself a job. So you can, as an individual, go and start a business and all you're doing is selling yourself for time. Or you can create a business where you're putting people in place and those people are able to run and you're able to step out constantly and be able to... Our view of this was, how do we continually make our job redundant? Mm -hmm. So as a successful leader, you want to make your job redundant. 
right? Because what you're doing is you're slowly, you, the main thing is I, I sat down with the, the ex-ANZ bank CEO, Mike Smith, and the way he explained it was perfect. He said, as a leader of a business, if what gets put on in front of you on the table is not a 50-50 decision, it's not so challenging that it could go one way or the other, he goes, you haven't trained your team well enough to make decisions. Mm. And I was like, that's, that's huge, right? So, so we, we, um, we ultimately, where was I going with that? So we ultimately... Um, we were talking about just in terms of merging. Yes, yes, yes. So, so we gone too quick for yourself. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't normally happen. This is, this is big. Yeah, it's, I was like, my own brain was like, slow down, slow down, Chavi. Yeah. So, so they were very, very wise in that decision, and so they had to make a succession plan. And that's for everybody there to know. It's like you have to, if you want to be able to sell, to exit, to to raise up, you need to be able to hand over those keys of the castle as quickly as possible and keep growing and stepping forward. They had not. And so you, to your point, we were the succession plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And it goes back to that unknown. Often people in those jobs would be, again, fear, fear of them being redundant. Whereas you're going, I want to be redundant yep. because the next thing is going to be even bigger. Yes. Yes. Creates exactly. room to grow. Exactly. And my, than- my, my favorite version of this is if, if yeah, anybody heard the story of the Gymshark CEO, founder and CEO? Yeah, Ben. Um, so he he starts the business for everybody who hasn't heard it he starts the business it grows to a place of course he's the CEO it grows mm. to a place where he goes I can't be the CEO this is too big for me and then goes and becomes the chief marketing officer yeah. it grows there he's like I'm not good enough for marketing I need to get in the chief marketing officer and he keeps stepping himself hypothetically down to a point where only about two three years ago he goes I'm now ready to take over the CEO position and I think of that and I go that is so beautiful because he was never so like this but this is mine it was more like but what does this company need to be successful he was self-aware exactly he he wasn't the man at the time exactly right yeah it's amazing so you guys merge forces yep you're in the office together yep real hub now sorry real hub and campaign track yes campaign track yep um and now you're running. Now we're running. Now have you got the eyes on the prize? Now we've got the eyes on the prize. Now, now one thing is we knew like the linear steps. This is probably the first time ever where we could see the linear steps that were placed in front of us, which was by bringing these two together, this becomes a highly sellable asset. Bringing the number one and the number two together, having your, your runway in front of you between you and the competitor, it's highly sellable. So we went, we owe our parents that money, right? So we, <laughs> before the merger, gave our parents a 2.5% share in our business. So we knew, okay, there's wow. going to be an exit. So here's two and a half percent. And so we were kind of planting that seed that we, this is our debt is going to be soon paid off. Yeah. And so we start running over the next 12 months. It's all about like, so the challenges that I, I faced is, you know, we had a team of 40. Everybody was in the same room almost, you know, there's two or three rooms in our offices. No one was in their own individual offices. And so the culture, the values of the business, everybody feels it you're in the room like everybody feels the energy everybody's close to it and so there was no need to have a value structure there's no need to have all these things that all these big businesses talk about we merged now we're across three countries you know we have we have team members in australia new zealand and the philippines people i've never met before and and had never won't ever meet because there might be an area that is just not accessible right and so now it's like how do we take what we've done and scale it out here because ultimately you know the the parts we had to bring the two parts of the business together not just go like okay the way they had done that with the people is good it's like what's the new world look like so the one thing i i did um uh, you know, I pat myself on the back for this one was I brought on an amazing lady by the name of Bobby um, to become my um, uh, chief uh, human resources officer. 
So essentially, I had a view of um, HR, which was like, I don't want someone to come here and like tick a box. I want someone who's like transformational. And I had this view, and it's a good story, is I had this view, which is like, I want the person, like, have anybody seen Billions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wendy, Wendy, yeah. okay. So Wendy is like you know, the investment banker walks through the door. She breaks them apart metaphorically, yeah. builds them back up together, pats them on the back and sends them back out there and now they're killers again. And I had that view, like it's it's not real. It's not real life break, <laughs> but like I had that in my mind. So I say to her in my first interview over the phone, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And I go to her, have you seen Billions? And she's like, no, I haven't seen Billions. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Well, and then I explained to her. Like, <laughs> I need you to be, I need you to be this character. I need you to be, my, you're the Wendy. You're the Wendy. <laughs> Go watch it. Now, the only problem for all of you listeners out there about Wendy is on the first episode of Billions, she dresses her husband up in a gimp suit or herself up and whips her husband. Right? There's a lot of weird sexual nature about it and i'd forgotten about that and i get back into the in my house with my wife in my apartment and i go to her oh i think i found my lady like and i explained to her i told her to watch billions to be my wendy and my wife goes oh no she goes do you know what happens in the first episode i go no no what and she's like and then she explained to me i was like oh no so me and bobby never spoke about it till a year later and then until a year later she goes to me frank i gotta talk to you about something and i'm like what she goes you know the night you told me to be your wendy and i was like Yep. And she was, <laughs> I knew where it was going. And she's like, so I sat down with my husband that night and I told him like, he wanted me to watch Billions, we should watch it. <laughs> and her and her husband start watching Billions. She gets in the gym suit, whips the husband. And then he looks at her like, I don't think you should work with this guy. What workplace are you getting yourself yeah. into? <laughs> so for she everybody stuck around there, I mean, she stuck around. I didn't get whipped, so it's all good. <laughs> that wasn't my intention. It was the other parts. But the, the, the whole story there was around like, she came in. And she knew she knew how to do these transformations. So she knew she was like, okay, we've got two companies. We can't be we just take the one company's values or way of working. Mm-hmm. We've got to go, what's the best of both worlds? How do we build a structure that everybody goes like it's not like us against them? Because remembering for the last how many years it's been us against them. Yeah. We've been so I found out that on uh, like the day of merger, that you know, later we started telling each other stories, right? And I found out that there used to be a drawing of me, because I used to have a mustache, a drawing of me on the whiteboard. Um Hopefully, this is not offensive to the listeners, but yeah, I mean, I didn't do it. So <laughs> it happened of me getting bent over and by one of the other shareholders, you know. And so that had happened, and all the team members could see this of Frank, like the devil in their eyes, because I was like known there. Um, and like, I found that out, and I was like, okay. So it was like, really, it was us against them. And so we have to, how do we bring it all together? And so that's the time where we created a new brand, a new identity. So rather than I'm Real Hub, your campaign track. Who are we together? We're now real base, right? So that was a big part of it. Then it's like, what are our shared values? So like as a business, what do we stand for? And so rather than going, this is what it is, we've said, okay, here are 15 that feels good to us. We shared it with the company and we said, you pick the ones that you think resonate with you as an individual. And then we essentially crowdsourced the, the views of everybody and then put together our six values that we as a business believe in that are going to like take us forward and, and what, do we, you know, what do we believe. This is not too dissimilar to LSKD. Jason Daniel, we had him on when we went up to the Gold Coast um, earlier this year. And very similar. They've got, I think, seven maybe core values that they've yes. got printed out yep. everywhere. And yep. it's, yeah, it was their whole campaign and, yes. and all their teammates making those 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 core values so that's right that's right it also links back to earlier what what's your why and jumping into a new workplace and you've got different whys it's sitting down and doing that restructuring going well what is our why not is what yours what's mine 
reshaping and redirecting yes exactly right exactly right and so from that then then also uh, came down like what are our goals so what's our mission and what's our purpose and then what is everybody's goals into this so we built up a a a, like it was painful for me at the time but it it really paid dividends it's essentially like what's a really simple end goal which was 80 percent market share Okay, cool. That's what we're all striving to do. We all have a shared mission. We want to get to 80% market share. Underneath that, what do we need to do in order to get there? Okay, we need to do this for marketing, this for operations, this for tech. And then, so then we broke down the goals into every individual person because it was the idea and the way she explained it to me was beautiful. It's like, when I come here, what am I working towards? Am I working towards just my own thing, or do I have a you know a mission that we're all driving and striving towards? Uh, and that was a you know a beautiful thing that came from it. So all of that really helped the merger come together really nicely. And ultimately, within a very short period of time, people's minds started like the way we tested and measured was when I ask you who do you work for, it's really quickly. It's like if I'm Campaign Tracker Real Hub, I haven't done my job. If I'm Real Base, I've done my job. You know, you've, you're now you've now clicked into a new place. You're now clicked into a new gear. Which is and you were CEO at that time. That's right. You were the yeah, CEO. Yeah. So that's amazing leadership to be able to join forces. You've essentially Collingwood Carlton have come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Previously hating each other and now working towards a common goal. Exactly so that yeah, right. sounds like something you you're, you're proud of. You should be proud of. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So from there, um, made a decision that it was time for an acquisition. So at that time. Um, I, I took the business myself, self and the CFO, um, went through a process, a grueling process, a nine-month process. And I guess this is probably the, uh, an interesting one to kind of dive into for yeah. the listeners is obviously the scale changes how stressful, not stressful, big, not big this process is. At our scale, it was one of the most stressful things of my probably the most stressful thing of my life. Um, I went through a nine-month period. During that time, I had things like insomnia bouts. Um, I, you know, on the day of the deal, I just burst into tears. I was crying, and I wasn't crying in happiness. I was just like unconsolably crying, driving to work. I called my wife, and she's like, "You got to come home." And I'm like, "I can't, can't." <laughs> like, you know, like, like it was so painful. But like from a mechanics point of view, like I think what a lot of people wouldn't realize is what you do for the first, you know, on the scale we had was the first six months. You're not talking to any other businesses you're putting together what you call your vendor due diligence so we have a group of advisors accountants lawyers tech advisors and an advisor who will sell your deal so you engage all these guys for this very purpose exactly right this purpose cost us 5.3 million dollars to sell this business at no time do you know that you're there's no surety that you're going to do it so it's not a win for fee it's a you're you're paying for the service and it may fall through so you're you're you 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 were ponying up and you're making a decision and like at this time I, there's a lot of tension like we now have ten shareholders my my job is like stakeholder management I'm tra- you know some of them are saying like Frank like just spending too much yeah, Frank what's yeah, going on what's going on like this this and they, you know telling me that this will not work you know I had ones who would say this will not work and I, I'm really thankful for my brother Jacques as at this time like there was a moment where I was almost convinced and he goes Frank. There is no reason this won't work. Like there is, this is the perfect time. Do not listen to them. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. And so that's why I'm super thankful for like for my brothers and and like stepping away from me is like for you guys, you know, for the listeners in your life. Who do you surround yourself with that can be these people to you? So when you pick up the phone, who is it in your circle that when you make a phone call, they're there to 
back you up compared to go like, oh, it's, yeah, no, like probably just listen to them. Like, you're like, mm. no, it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. You know, like, I, do you have a you're okay friendship mentality around you or do you have a who's going to carry the boats kind of friendship? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know like that's like, I want to surround myself with people that are going to carry the boats with me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and push me. And so like that's that was the, the process was grueling. It was like I was working tireless hours. Prior to that, like I, like I don't really work crazy hours. Like I'm a big believer in balance, but I was getting to a place where I had what was to myself and to my world as close to a mental breakdown. Wow. And then roughly in, 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 in March, so you take a process, a competitive process, there's 10 people, 10 businesses who want to acquire you. I'm pitching to them. I'm saying the same shit over and over and over again. We then go down to three companies. So two of them were public listed. One of them was private. We do what we call it's a hearts and minds campaign. So now we're going to dinners, lunches. Contextually, I, I, it's just me, the CFO, and one other guy from business. No one. I'm. We're trying to shelter the business so they can keep moving forward. So if it doesn't work, yeah. we're okay. We haven't just lost a year. Yeah. Um, and then finally, there's like the D Day, where it's essentially expressions of interest. Like, what is your final offer? And there's a moment where you have three offers in front of you, and you're making a decision. And the thing that most people don't realize is you've built now a relationship with some of these people for three months. You know, I had the CEO of one of the companies call me up on the day and like, like the day before and like, I'm really confident this, this deal is going to happen and I'm really looking forward to working together. And at that day, I knew that wasn't going to be the business. And I was like, oh, like I feel like I, like I felt tough. And so it's you, you're, you, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad problem. Uh, and so you, but you've got to make this really big decision. And for me, my why was this, like why this business was when my team, you know, like of course there's commercial. Like if I said it wasn't commercial, if I wasn't looking for the biggest number, but I, we got the two players that we wanted to the same number. So then it was cool because then we could strip away the commercial side, who was going to be the right business for us. And so my thing was like, when my team are at a barbecue, who are they going to be proud to say they're working for? Mm. You know, when they're sharing whatever, like they're sharing some food and they're talking to their friends and their face, is their face going to light up or are they going to be like almost a little bit embarrassed? And is I it, knew- Is it public who the other one was or no? Uh, no. No, no, okay, no. So that's yep, all, yep. all confidential. Yep. And so so, so the um, I knew that domain.com.au was- yeah, you know, good brand. It's a great yeah. brand. Yeah. It's a great brand. They share values with us. Their team were great. Their team, like I could feel that we gelled as an, like an exec team yeah. and I knew that that was going to permeate down. And I'm super thankful. Like, of course, there comes challenges, but I'm super thankful that we, we chose them because it was the right decision. Well, you got you, you know, sound like you were the driver, but probably many in there as well to be thankful for. But you got it to a place where both were at the same number. Yes. How perfect that then you could yeah. pick. Yes. It's like the Bachelorette. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna give the rose. <laughs> you're gonna give the rose to, but you got yourself with all your hard work and your diligence and your investment to a place where you they both had the number, yep. and then you got to do right yep. by your team and yes. by yourselves yep. to to pick that um pick that partner. Yeah, well done. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Appreciate that. Amazing. So, so how about that day? You know, that day that <sighs> that like what is like what's that what's that like when you you know is that a room filled full of solicitors and accountants or yep. how is that deal done? Mm. And then what's it like leaving that that meeting? Yeah. So so. Um there's no room filled with anything. What they be the lawyers on the last night is you're going, there's like these final back and forths on what they call like drafting, which is like the, the minor details. You've structurally got the right deal in place together. Yeah. For context, my final negotiation around that number was sitting around with my, um, my wife and I were at a birthing class and we were sitting <laughs> around a birthing class and I, I realized I had one minute to go and they go, all right, for all the husbands in there, if you need to stand up now, we're about to watch the birthing video. And I look at I look at my wife and I'm like, oh no, like 
I have to go because I got this final negotiation. She's like, oh god. Obviously, no other husbands stand up because that's a, that's a test. Are you a good husband or not? <laughs> right? right. And then I just stand up, and I'm like, oh. and then for the remainder four hours, I'm in my I'm in my laptop in the car doing my final negotiation while my poor wife is back back in birthing class by herself with no other husband. She said everybody was like mortified when I left. I was like, oh well, oh well. <laughs> she, knew, she knew what you were up to. Yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, off it's all right. Um, and so to your to, uh, to answer like what happens is on the last night of the deal the lawyers are up until like 4.30 a.m. and so they're back and forth and I'm like I'm waking up every hour to try and see if the final contract's there like waking up waking up waking up there's all this paperwork it's like this big crescendo um, and at about like 5 a.m. it's always random times in the morning like 5 a.m. the documents are signed you're exchanged and the deal's done and so there, it, it's from a certain sense, it's anticlimactic because it's not like there's no time and place. So you can't be prepared for this like moment. It's just in a random moment, an email comes through. But I probably like the the part I will share is like I was really conscious that I had listened to a lot of content out there, which was this moment of anticlimax in selling your business, this moment of having a purpose that was really strong that was guiding you to get to somewhere and then the moment that you kind of let go. And a lot of people I'd listened to, you know, I'd been really lucky to meet some amazing characters after the deal. One of them is a guy, a guy named David Shane who I interviewed last a couple of weeks ago. And he said to me, he sold his business for $1.1 billion in the year 2000. And he said that was the moment that he went into the steep, like steepest what he would call depression in his life. Because he went from being the most important guy in the room to getting a thousand phone calls to nothing. And he was like, I was lost. And he said, someone then came to him and said, can you help me with my business? He helped them with the business. He started to feel purpose again. And they said, thank you so much. You've made, you've changed my life. And he's like, no, you've changed my life. And so that person said to him, like, Dave, there's three things in life that you need to do. You need to have someone to love, someone to look for, something to look forward to and something to do. And those three things will give you that purpose, like whatever it is to push forward. And so now today, 65 years old, he just did a half Ironman. He's got a venture capital fund that he goes into there five days a week because he just loves it, right? Mm. Like he loves it. And so I'd, I'd heard all these different stories and I knew that like I have to prepare myself for this moment where I kind of almost lose my purpose. And so I was lucky that I didn't have that super anticlimactic feeling because I'd kind of prepared myself for this moment. But there was a moment which was exciting and I will share for the listeners um, and I'd be lying if I wasn't. I was in a meeting. And I get a text from my brothers and they're like, refresh your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and like, and you like, you know, like in the movies where like a bomb drops, right? And then like, oh, and you're like, Ehh. like, so I can no longer hear people in this room talking and you just see like mouths moving. And it's like that shell shock. I look at a refresh and then I just like, look, probably like blood drips out of my face. And I was just like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I just go to the bathroom. I just call my brothers. We're just freaking out. So we're like, we're, Boys, I guess we made it. They're, 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 I, I share that not because it's like, look at me, but it's more like I, I, you have to, whatever it is, I think in life, you have to take the wins and, and celebrate them because it's so easy. All that's going to happen for everybody, like it doesn't matter what the step is, you'll always feel that the step is like, it's the next step where it's going to be, that's when we're really going to feel it. If you're always the next step, the next step, I assure you, like, look at Dave, like he, if he, he you never think, well, yeah, but when you sell business for a billion, then you are, then you're, we'll of, you know, like, no more steps. Yeah, no more steps, but, <laughs> There is always because I'll that's be how happy I brand. When I get this, yes, yeah. yes, if that's the that. it's the trap. It's the mm. trap, and I can assure you, it is it is there. It's not just something people tell you. Mm. What, what about your parents? They're two and a half percent. 
So that they, they yeah. Happened. So so they got roughly three and a half million dollars, and that was the proudest moment oh, of our, our lives. So, good. so the deal, yeah, it was sort of three and a half to four. I can't exactly remember the number, but it was it was a lot more. And that was that was the single handedly. That was the reason we were pushing. That was we knew that every dollar that dollar got the pie got bigger. Yeah. We knew we were delivering bigger and bigger value to them, and that was the the proudest and best day of our lives. Is calling my dad, and like they've got that, and it's like we've done it. It's their interest. That's their interest. That's their interest. Good investment. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. Your parents, like, you know, South Africa. Yeah. Hit the shits. Yeah. And then bang, they had that happen again. Yeah. With that million dollar deal. So, so two rounds, two rounds of of shit. They've eaten shit twice. Yeah. And then third time, you know, the boys get to bring it home. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it's a single handedly the best, the best feeling of the entire piece was, was having that, you know, seeing them be able to buy a property, be able to buy an investment property. It was really, it's really like really cool. And like the best part for me is like post everything. Like the family's never been closer. Like all three brothers bought in the same suburb in Kirkhill in, in, in Sydney. Like we all bought in the same area. So the wives, the kids, all over there. Like we're all super close. And like that's to me the most important. Like we got 10,000 billion, but like the family broke apart. Like it's none of it's worth it. Yeah. Like, and that was like, I'm, I'm again, I'm lucky and grateful that, that that's the end outcome. It's come full circle. Yeah, it's come full circle. Come it's come full, full circle. circle. That's awesome. Amazing. We've probably got a couple more queries, but we've got world famous fish tank that we need to nail Um, and the fish tank just for everyone out there we've been running it this season in season 2 it's not coming back in season 3 we had a crack it was great we had a crack at a segment Brucey nailed it Um, but something will be bigger and better next season but hand it over to you great man so the fish tank yeah for the last one Um, so the fish tank is our uh, where our lovely audience send in their business pitch ideas. Yes, very good. And we, we evaluate them, um, give a bit of insight, and then we, we, we shoot to, to you guys and say whether you're going to leave your money on the mattress or potentially put some money in, hypothetically. Ooh. So, yeah, welcome to the fish tank. Um, this one's actually been sent in by pretty close to home, Alex, who works downstairs. So shout oh. out to Alex. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Alex. Hey, he's <laughs> got a you. fertile mind, that young man. He does. Yep. He's always on the move. Hungry man. So this one is called TradeSwipe and he writes, Dear Marcus, TradeSwipe is an app connecting contractors and subcontractors to work. A subcontractor will have a little bio about the work they do and the skills they have. They will select keywords, e.g. plumbing, concrete, sewer works to filter the jobs to get, uh, to filter the jobs they get shown. The client, the general population or larger contractors can post jobs they have and then they'll, they will have a description and add Pictures, videos, plans, depending on the hashtags they put in, it'll appear to the relevant contractors. Both the client and the subby will have ratings to their profile, similar to how Uber ratings work. The app will be free to use. Revenue will be made through targeted ads to the subby. The hashtags the subby selects will dictate the ads they get. The plumbers will get ads for plumbing equipment, etc. Once the app gets some more legs, we can reach out to certain brands to get affiliate codes with discounts. So the way Alex sort of described it this morning was oh, it's okay, almost like a Tinder yeah, yeah, yeah. for subbies and subcontractors to get work. I know you're saying Tinder, like you're but it sounds along, like... you're nodding along, Frank. You're sort of, you're seeing it somewhere. It sounds I... like a straight tendering pro- process. Yeah, but it's a bit more, yeah, bit Tinder, more tech. Tinder. Yeah. Tinder, yeah. Tinder, <laughs> Tinder, Tinder. <laughs> um, okay, right. am I allowed to just jump in? Mate, it's Mate, all, it's all to you, you bro. Okay, okay, here's the thing. Okay, so first thing I'm going to start with is, is a very good idea. 
It is a very good idea. It has first time we've heard that. It has (laughs) has, has things it needs to shape, and I just I'll bring everybody into my brain where I go. The first thing I'll start with is as follows: ideas are worth zero dollars. It's all about execution. Mm -hmm. So I love this segment. Actually, quite interesting because by sharing your idea and putting it out into the ether and not being scared of it is good because it doesn't mean anything. It's about how you execute on it. So the question, would you put money on the table? Well, it depends who's executing. <laughs> so it yeah, Alex is pretty cool downstairs. <laughs> yeah. So the, ne- the next part is, okay, so but like hypothetically, the execution is good and the person is good. All right, great. Money's on the table. The part that I would think uh, is not the right strategy is the ad spend strategy. So the reason a Facebook and Instagram or LinkedIn, blah, 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 can do ad spend is based on their volume of users. Mm. So you can charge a disproportionately high amount per ad, sorry, low amount per ad because you're showing it to so many people. If you're on an app that's small, that app doesn't have a a total addressable market big enough. Therefore, you don't have enough users. So per time you would send in an ad would be like, $4,000, right? Like, so as a person, if I have a small strike rate of getting my ads getting purchased, it's not going to work. So where the financial element would go on this one would be you would do a marketplace strategy where you charge a booking fee and you charge a processing fee, right? That's like Airtasker. Yes, yes. But the difference here is Airtasker is for people that may not have a high set of skills. And that's not to be rude to anybody with Airtasker, but more just like you can put your your task up. This is a subby and contractor. You have to be a certain level of qualification. Uh, And the thing I like about this is you could do load balancing where today uh, it's raining. You just chuck your subbies on. On, and then to and then someone else needs to do in-house you know, like in-room work with them and now you're also like having a sharing economy within the building building space yeah I so i think it's a it's a solid idea just needs a team of execution execution what do you think h i like it i agree it's uh the member you could you could sort of charge a subscription membership yep. basis type thing but then also a lot of the time when volumes do die down people start having to lay off workers so i do like that little piece there on uh having those workers employed, but being able to have them up on that website to then on charge them to someone else yep. and have that cost covered whilst your volumes may be lower. So I don't mind it. AK, uh, keep building it out and uh, yeah, come back to us. I know there's a lot of positivity. I'm, I'm positive, Brucey. This is our best one, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we want to <laughs> Let's bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we might have to cut this out, Bonnie. We, we may be executing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so Harry, are you, are you investing or are you leaving your money under the mattress? Uh, I'm I'm gonna jump in on this one. Wow. Investing, first one, first go. <laughs> Big spender. I like it. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm hearing more. The money's on the table. More to more to unpack. I need to know what Alec is doing. What role he has in it. Is he still working at Little Fish? What's going on? Or is he? But yeah, no. I'm 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 open for sure. Meet the people. See the fizzo. <laughs> Money on the table. I'm all in. Don't need to, I don't need to see anything more. Just take my cash. Oh, we're gonna go introduce Frank and Alex downstairs. Right? This is <laughs> this is happening. All right. Well, that's uh, that was our most successful one yet. I'd yeah. Say. Well done. So well thanks done. very much for that. Frank. Finish that with was, a bang, Brucey. Oh, that's not bad. I reckon. Might need to give this another go next. <laughs> Put it under the mattress. All right. <laughs> thanks very much. Fish tank was good while it lasted, but um, that's it for season two for fish tank. So yeah, look forward to what we've got next year. Is Alex getting any crispy merch, mate? Or? Oh, I might have to send Alex a hoodie. How good's that? Great one. Great one. No, no, great work, Brucey. Um, Frank, mate, amazing, amazing chat. Is there Thank anything you. else, or, and boys, have a think, anything else you want to ask Frank, but anything else that you want to leave us with, lessons, yep. 
because um, we could talk all day. Yep. It sounds like you could talk all yeah, day. Yeah, no, I genuinely no. could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you when, you said, do. when you said it was an hour, I was like, well, I surely we could do a day-long podcast. <laughs> like, a, like a 24 hour, just I talk Marathon. at you. You guys can be asleep. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's, it's beside the point. Um, but anything you want to leave us with, you know, what are the what are the things you're working on now? Yep. Uh, you know, um, there's been a lot of gold in there, a lot yep. of wisdom. Let's uh, finish strong. Yeah, no worries. So the one thing I'll finish with is 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 through that purpose realignment through selling the business is I realized there were certain parts of my world that I kind of could no longer do. And so I think well, the biggest piece of, uh, I guess, let's call it wisdom here is I see it a lot in my team that there's a certain level of expectation a business brings you. So I have an analogy of a bucket. A business must fill your entire bucket. So it got to bring you your social, your financial, your 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 time freedom, your and it all your creativity. All of these different things need to be filled by the work in which you do. Through selling the business, I realized that there are certain things in my bucket that were no longer getting filled up. There's no more creativity. There's no more ability to execute at pace because I now had structures and meetings and things in place in front of me. And so I came to this moment where I was like, I could just get up and leave or how do I fill up my bucket? And so for me, what I did is I made a conscious decision that I'm going to outside of hours, so mornings, weekends, evenings, I'm going to do certain things that fill up my bucket. And so for me, that was I need to create a new purpose, a new real strong mission, a new strong why. And so I started creating a cookbook called Eat With Purpose for high-performing people. Um, and 100% of the revenue will go to Children's Cancer Institute. And that's my, that's my burning why. And the reason I do it is I love execution. I just love moving at pace. And so what I'm doing is I'm doing a full content strategy on, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on blah, 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 podcasts, all that kind of stuff. I'm doing a full content strategy to build it up. And so I get to like, you know, move really, really quickly and do something that's super creative. Um, but the why is I get to like give back and use the skills that I've gotten to be able to give back. Um, and so I guess my shameless plug is, uh, is follow me on uh, Frank Grief underscore on Instagram uh, and check out my podcast, Chew the Fat. Yeah. So. I, I do hear that it is a little bit more of a value add than just uh, being able to cook uh conveniently with short amount of time you're actually macro friendly and yes. for people that are actually more health conscious potentially yep. in the gym um a bit like yourself yeah hey mate and yourself <laughs> you know, hey we all love it but um i feel like that's the thing that is missing and you've sort of targeted that and executing it correct exactly right so so the idea is for high performing people whatever that might be executive um, sports person whatever it is high performing time poor and health conscious mm. that's what it is for me and so it's all the meals are 15 to 30 minutes so each week on instagram i drop like four videos where i'm, I'm showing you how to cook these particular things and i'm just trying to challenge the status quo you can have something delicious you can cook a steak in nine minutes and you can make it healthy and friendly there's plenty of people that do quick meals they're not necessarily healthy meals mm. and vice versa and so i want to bring this all together and so it's around the intersection of business high performance and food and hey we're doing it for a really good purpose and they're often so interlinked like yeah that's the thing people that are mm. high performing in business and yep. doing those things uh, are looking for that so yep. again solving people's problems exactly right so that will be launched next year and they'll um i'm, I'm looking forward to it so thanks for asking the question awesome. yeah, what's it what's a typical day look like for you now as well like you're I don't know. You obviously, you came in here saying you got meetings, that, that, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. get on a flight this afternoon. Yep. But yeah, what's a sort of typical 
it 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 changes a lot. So so uh, I so my new role is like I, I kind of see myself, I guess, as like an ambassador um, for for the domain business. Mm. And so a lot of what I do is a lot of because um, you figured it out. I love talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of what I do is that. So so I do like the, like what I love is coaching and mentoring. I love that. Now to do that one by one is is quite challenging. I do it this at the moment. I do it with young startups and stuff like that. With the the, the fit there is right. But what I'm trying to do is that scale. So I do a lot of that and from. To, from like talks so I do like a lot of panel talks you know this week I got to speak with um, uh, Bridget Loud and Expert 360 you know we sat on a panel we're sharing our story and you get to share it with a room of two three hundred so it's like teaching and inspiring on scale you know a lot of podcasts a lot of sharing um, I do a lot of travel you know, like every week I'm somewhere you know I'm either in Melbourne I'm in Brisbane I'm in you know whatever um, and so it's it, between that, the cookbook, um, the the meetings that are in, in business, it's, it kind of shifts and changes. But I think the best way to think about it is like is like an ambassador and teaching role. It's like what what again? It's like finding a new purpose, which is like okay, I've, I have built a set of skills now. I'm not saying I'm done. I haven't met the final boss, but it's like how do I give back at this stage? You know, I'm 31. How do I use the last 11 years? And by teaching, I find it stretches my business muscle. You know, like I, I do a mentoring program with a Blackbird Venture Capital Fund, and you know, I have people weekly, you know, p- pitching. We're running through like how to do a sales process, how to commercialize, and I'm stretching my muscle. I'm com- I'm keeping myself moving rather than just going like I'm chilling on an island because mm. that's I love it. And Frank, yeah, what a what a story. I think the things you're working on now, the charity, giving back to the staff, like you would be such an asset inside, like just meeting you today, an asset inside that that um, company and culture and work environment to just be bringing everyone up every day. So well done for that. And just love the story of how you got there, your parents, you know, you must be so grateful for what they've done and sort of 100%. vice versa. So I love that family dynamic and the fact all you guys kept it together for you know for so long under a lot of stress must mean um yeah you're an extremely tight family unit so we're sure right i'm very 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 thankful and very grateful yeah well done well done we done boys any more queries uh that was unreal yeah, yeah. Mate, <laughs> one of the better stories definitely oh, unbelievable good. i could have been Amazing. could have talked for hours about that one yeah, yeah. so no, awesome. sorry we're not talking for hours <laughs> <laughs> keep going mate we can, these guys have to go home but yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can sit at the desk <laughs> and keep going if you want okay good Leave the lights late on. night with frank <laughs> getting weird is that back to, is that back to billionaire all yeah, that yeah back to billions <laughs> yeah gym suits all right we'll leave it there now nah, frank well done mate and keep up the great work awesome please thanks, guys that's it like share subscribe the boys will be in there commenting see you at the top people want to be part of a winning team people can find a better version of themselves if they choose hmm. you just need to go start some shit action is all that matters be a man of your word i think i look back now and i'm like whoa that took some guts be kind be kind be kind see you at the top new episode every wednesday